0: everyone welcome to cooking and convos the podcast to help you find more ease in the kitchen so you can prepare delicious meals quickly without a lot of hassle i know everyone is super busy and you don't have the time for complicated recipes with tons of ingredients and if this is you you've come to the right place i'll share super easy recipes for super yummy meals which won't have you standing in the kitchen for long I'll share some time-saving tips as well that will help you along the way. I'll also get into some interesting conversations with folks who know a thing or two about food. It's going to be fun. So step into my kitchen to cook and connect on Cooking and Convos. Hi, guys. Welcome to Episode 9 of Cooking and Convos. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm hoping that you're looking forward to hearing about two seafood recipes that I really love, and I think you will too. I've always loved seafood. There are just so many different kinds, and I love all the varieties to choose from, whether it's fish, shrimp, oysters, mussels, or even crabs. All of it is just so wonderful. And there are so many ways to prepare seafood. And today's show will focus on two recipes that won't take you much time in the kitchen, but both have fantastic flavor. The first recipe is spiced shrimp, and the second recipe is mustard panko-crusted halibut. Both recipes are for a serving of four, so you can adjust them accordingly, for the amount of people you're feeding. Both recipes will be in the show notes. My favorite go-to when I want to have a quick and easy dinner is spice shrimp. After the boiling starts, it literally takes about 4 minutes to actually steam the shrimp, and another 30 seconds to sprinkle in the ingredients after it's done. Super easy. For this dish, you'll need 1 pound of medium or large-sized shrimp with the shell on. I personally like the larger-sized shrimp because it's easier to peel, and since they are larger, you need less of it to fill up. I also buy deveined shrimp whenever it's possible, this just saves a ton of time from having to devein it before you cook it, but if you can't find the deveined shrimp, the regular shrimp will be just fine. Some people don't even bother deveining it, but I just like to have the shrimp as clean as possible, so that's why I buy deveined shrimp. You'll also need two teaspoons of Old Bay seasoning. Now, this is a seasoning that comes in a bright yellow can and is normally located near the seafood section of your grocery store. If you're not able to find this spice, you also can look for Zatarain's seafood seasoning. This is also quite similar to Old Bay. I just tend to buy Old Bay just because I've grown up with it and I like the spice. I use it for a lot of different things. I make deviled eggs with Old Bay seasoning. I make my crab cakes with Old Bay seasoning. So for me, I just love that spice. If you can't find Zatarains or Old Bay, then you can maybe look for a Creole seasoning in your grocery store. But hopefully, you can find Old Bay. You'll also need one eighth of a teaspoon of cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of whole cloves, one tablespoon of butter and three tablespoons of fresh chopped flat leaf parsley. Then lastly, you'll need the cocktail sauce of your choice. I love, love cocktail sauce with a lot of horseradish. It just makes the shrimp really zing and it makes it really have a nice bite. But some people don't like all the horseradish and they like it when it's a little bit more ketchup-y, if that makes sense. So it's really all up to you on which type you like. Some people even like melted butter with their spice shrimp. So as you can see, it's whatever dipping sauce you like. Okay, so in a small bowl, mix your dry ingredients, the Old Bay, cloves, and cinnamon, and set it aside. Chop your parsley and set that aside as well. Fill a three-quart saucepan with one cup of water and one cup of your favorite beer. Beer infuses more flavor into your shrimp, but if you don't have beer on hand, then two cups of water will do. Also, be sure there's a steamer tray in the bottom of the saucepan as well, and you'll need a lid. Bring the water mixture to a boil on your stove, then add your shrimp on top of the steamer and put the lid on top. Then immediately turn the stove down to medium heat for about 4 minutes, checking your shrimp at about the 2 minute mark for firmness. And stir the shrimp around in the pot so they're evenly steaming, since the shrimp at the top may not get as cooked as the shrimp on the bottom. Ultimately, the shrimp will turn light pink when they're done. You'll want your shrimp firm, but you don't want it too firm. You want to have some give in the shrimp because that's what makes it really moist. You don't want them too hard or overcooked because it'll be tough and it'll also be difficult to peel. Pull out the steamer with the shrimp and pour it into a bowl. Add in your butter and stir that until the butter is completely melted. Now you can add in your dry ingredients. You'll want to put your shrimp on a serving dish or in a serving bowl and sprinkle the parsley on top. You can also serve lemon wedges on the side with your cocktail sauce in a smaller bowl for dipping. This is a great dish to serve with corn on the cob and fresh tomatoes. Or you could even serve it with the cilantro corn salad recipe I shared in my recent episode, which was episode 7. You could also serve the tomato caprese I mentioned in that episode as well. But if you don't feel like going that route or going through all that hassle, corn on the cob and tomatoes with kosher salt and fresh ground pepper will do just fine. I just love that combination. It's one big plate of freshness and the perfect summer meal. Whenever I go on beach vacations, this is the first meal I always make. For one reason, it's quick, easy, and tasty. And really, I'm normally tired from driving five or six hours to the beach and just don't want to fuss with a complicated meal that first night. The second reason I make this is because I can pack most of the ingredients in my car before the trip and just pick up fresh shrimp that night when I get to the beach, Or I can even pack shrimp at home in ice before I leave for the trip and just keep it cool the whole way. Grocery stores are normally so packed in the summer as well once you get to the beach and I just don't feel like dealing with the crowds. It's just an easier, peasier way, really. It's funny, I made this meal the other night and what did my daughter say after her first bite? She's like, mom, this tastes just like the beach. She loves it too. The second recipe I'm going to share is Mustard Panko Crusted Halibut. I got this recipe for one of my favorite cookbooks, Bread Toast Crumbs. I've revised it slightly, but I think most folks do that with a lot of recipes they find in cookbooks and kind of make it their own based on what they like. The ingredients for this fish are pretty simple, and you'll really only need five ingredients along with salt and pepper. So, you'll need two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, four six-ounce fillets of halibut, about a half-inch thick, and even if you had pieces that were less than a half-inch thick, you're totally fine. And you can really use any fish you prefer. I've used mahi-mahi, rockfish, as well as salmon, and all the versions were yummy, but I think the halibut works nicely due to the texture of the fish. You'll also need a half a cup of panko breadcrumbs, four teaspoons of grainy Dijon mustard, two tablespoons of mayo, three teaspoons of capers, and kosher salt and cracked pepper to taste. So that's all you need. It's really that simple. You'll need to preheat your oven to 400 degrees while you start your prepping. I just love a fish with a nice panko crust. It adds a little life to the fish sometimes. I mean, I like a fish with a sauce. I like a grilled fish, but sometimes the panko crust just adds a little bit more fun. So, to prepare the panko topping, you'll want to combine the panko with one tablespoon of the extra virgin olive oil and two teaspoons of the grainy mustard in a bowl. You can mix it together with a fork or your fingers. I tend to just put my hands right in there and mix it just because I know it's getting you know all blended in together, but go ahead and use your fork if you don't feel like getting your hands dirty. You'll take the other two teaspoons of the grainy Dijon mustard and whisk it with two tablespoons of mayo and three teaspoons of capers. Capers can really add a fun zing to a dish. It's like a little shot of salt and brine all at once. I just love it. Okay, so you'll set this mixture aside. Now, take your fish fillets and lay them on a lined baking dish. You'll pour one tablespoon of the olive oil all over the fish, turning them over and coating both the front and back of each fillet. You'll then lightly salt and pepper your fillets. Next, you'll top each fillet with a little bit of the mayo-mustard mixture. You'll want to take about a spoonful of the mixture and just spread it evenly over each filet. Then, you'll top the filet with a spoonful of the panko mixture, patting it down slightly so the panko covers the mayo-mustard mixture tightly. Now, put the filets in the oven for 20 minutes. I would check in on the filets at about the 19-minute mark, and they should be nice and browned at the top. If you want a little more browning, which sometimes I do, you can broil the fillets for about another two more minutes before pulling it out of the oven. I sometimes do this if I want the fish really nice and browned, but really baking it for 20 minutes should do the trick. Now you're done with the fish. Yeah, there's a little bit of prep to this meal, but I think it's a super tasty way to serve fish and it really tastes restaurant worthy in my opinion. I know whenever I make this, people just love it i serve it with rice since it has the crunchy coating on top and the crunch of the panko is a really nice blend with rice but you also could serve it with roasted potatoes although rice is simpler and i think lighter as well because the fish does have a teeny bit of heaviness to it in this particular case i might suggest a lemony rice because the lemon would just be a nice blend with the fish lemon and fish tend to go nicely together If you don't feel like going to the hassle of the lemony rice, you could top your rice with some toasted almonds or maybe some chopped scallions. That's a fun way to dress up your rice as well. If you don't feel like having a starch, you could serve it with a nice lemony broccoli. Either way, you can't lose with this particular fish. I just love it. Well, I hope you like both recipes. And if you have any questions about either of them, you can DM me on Instagram at Cooking and Combos Podcast. Or if you have anything else to say, just shoot me a line and I'll be sure to get right back to you. I'll be back in a couple of weeks for another episode of Cooking and Combos. I'm thinking of doing a future show on simple cocktails. What do you think of that? There are a few I just love, and I think you would too. They'd be great for the summer season as well. That's it for today, guys. Now get in the kitchen and cook something good. Talk to you soon.